Alpha Bravo, Charlie, Delta, Echo, Foxtrot. Like you haven't, may not have like completely thought that through. What, living at Disney World? Yeah, I mean, there's going to be, you know, infrastructural challenges to that. Oh, yeah. Now, would you, if you could choose, would you sleep at Disney World or Disneyland? I've never been to, to Disneyland, the one you have. I think, I think it might be some kind of mass hysteria. Everybody talks about it and they like it and it's for by a highway. It just, it sounds like. It sounds like a, a bad, like a carnival gone kind of right. Yeah. I think it's like Brigadoon. It just, it shows up every, uh, like once a year or I whatever. I think you're thinking of Gunga Din. No, no. Oh, you're thinking about, uh, oh, what's the one? Lost Horizon? Is that the movie? Oh, that's the one with the, uh, uh, Will Robinson thing guy, the robot. Robin yeah, that's robot. right. R- R- Ray Land and that, uh, and that doctor. I would, I would have gotten rid of that doctor. Is that the one where the, uh, the creature just keeps needing more and more salt and that's what they figure out. It just needs salt to live and then reduces people into just a little. I think, I think you're thinking of Galactus. Oh, right, right, right. Galactus the world is the eater. One. He sends out his, uh, his, uh, salt, uh, sentry, um, on a surfboard. Here's what I don't it, understand about him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, don't you think that they could have come up with something like, the, you know, because you have these other guys like the Utah, Utah, Uatu the, the Watcher, Uatu the Watcher. And then you've he's got like a, he's like a giant voyeuristic baby. You've got uh, Death, which is actually a guy. And then you've got the, all these other ones. They couldn't have come up with him to eat something besides a world. They couldn't have put a world full of like I non-sentient blobs yeah. on it from neat. Hmm. These guys made the universe. Yeah. I think Owatu is, is kind of a hands-off guy. He's, he's sort of like a, like a referee in, in like Steal the Flag. He, he can't get involved. Is that the game you know? where the little guys, they punch each other and then the head pops up? That's right. It's like Rock'em rock Sock'em Flagbot. Hmm. I, it's my understanding. I don't, as you know, I don't know a lot about comics, but it's my understanding that Galactus was the first time, you know, I don't know if this is accurate, but supposedly, because I've been, I've been reading that uh, Fantastic Four, like 48 to 51 that's Run. the one where they got Silver Surfer, they got Galactus, yeah. they mm-hmm. got um, the the surfboard, the ultimate nullifier, mm-hmm. the null and ray. It's, uh, it's all it's all currently out of print. Uh, this man, this monster, are, 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 are according to some people one of the greatest, at least Fantastic Four comics. It's all out of print, and so you got to buy a used copy. Not that I'm angry, but it's uh, but you know it's out there. Um, but uh, I think what happened was. Now we'll defer to to the the better nerd here, but I think Galactus was the first time that they wanted to make somebody um, really really big and and hard to stop. It was the first time they wanted to have like a, a godlike creature. I guess Thor counts as that, but Galactus is a pretty big deal. But you know, it's like Jason in Friday the Thirteenth. You always find some way to to beat those guys. Like you know, like uh, Juggernaut. You just got to get his hat off. It seems like inevitably you just have to find a way to get his hat off. You trick him. You tell him that there's ladies in the room or it's an elevator. And that if he's going to be a gentleman, he has to take that hat off. And then boom, Jean Grey, you know, or, or Colossus, I guess. Yeah, I, I've been getting involved in conversations about these things at the comic store. So I, I think it's time to dial it down. How much time do you figure you're spending in, in, in the comic world every day? Publicly or privately? Uh, I would say combined, the combined between the two. Mm. Publicly, I, I rarely find the opportunity uh, to stop by because I'm a, a very busy professional and I don't have time for that kind of thing. No. I mean, yeah. hi- and hypothetically, if you did have time for it. Privately two to four times a week. <laughs> hmm? Do you, when you go in there, do they know you? It's like, hey, Merlin, is it like, if, like your friends in there or is it like, that's all business? 
well, they're, I go to Two Cats Comics in on West Portal Lab. It's the best, and uh, they're they're very nice. They run a very they run a tight ship, but they're really really nice. The manager, I think the owner, uh, well, it might be co-owned, but uh, Christian is uh, he runs a heck of a business. He's a very smart man, and they they know me. You know, I'm an executive uh, level uh, box holder there, so I've got the highest level of box. So I get you know they they, they it's like a lockbox. Hmm. No, no, it's right there. They protect it pretty well, though. It's over by the variant covers. And, you know, my daughter comes in and wrecks things, so they know her. She, I'm still kind of helping her get her head around, like, how important it is to not wreck things in the comic shop. And they're gentlemen about it. There's no question. But, uh, yeah, I actually, I had, I, when we get to our comic section, I have two things to recommend. Uh, and one of which I, well, publicly, like I say, I'm a busy person, but maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe I popped in there yesterday and bought a couple TBBs. I don't know. Me? No. Yeah. What? Now, what about you? you? You just go in on Wednesdays? You know, I've I've fallen way, way out of being able to get out there, but I, I used to. It used to be very regular Wednesday. I'd head out there and get, uh, you know, taking it as, as you as you do, an extended lunch. Take take cash out there. Take cash out there. On, well, I, so what? that's actually what I've switched to doing is going out there with him usually on like a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon. Uh, but he's still very... He still is just very touches. He touches everything in the store. Oh, they don't like they that. They don't care for that. Apparently in a no. comic store, just grabbing things off shelves is not, you know, as again, as you say, copacetic. It's not copacetic. It's and not what they like. We've, we've derived a workflow for this with my daughter. But yeah, she, she uh, three or four weeks ago, she was over at the, you know, I don't want to embarrass her, but, but she grabbed, a, uh, grabbed an Adventure Time. And you know how they kind of like overlap the comics? You know what I mean? Where yes. they're like, oh yeah, and she she did a uh, domino type situation, and I don't I don't mean from uh, you know X Force, but it yeah. So it all went down, and they were very very cool about it. So the workflow now is we stop before we go in, and I stoop down and I say, listen, if you want any of that teeth rotting candy that I'm going to bribe you with mm-hmm. after this, mm-hmm. you need to go in and be cool. You you go you go grab a book. You sit under that table. There's a table she sits under now, and then I I, I spend about four hours asking questions about uh, the Fantastic Four. It's good. It's a good workflow. And it actually is a really good time. I, I, uh, owing to some recent changes to schedule and a karate class, it's, it's, uh, Oh, you're taking karate? Mm Mm-mm. She is. Oh. It's good though. It's good. You, you learn respect. You got to call people, sir. You get to make a fist. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I I sent cash to one of those and he, he, he made it through the, you know, it was like the, it's not, it's, it's like a little dragon or something they call it. This was like a year and a half ago. Seems kind of condescending. <laughs> well, they, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. But he made, he made it through the class, which was uh, all we wanted. No, it was they not one have... class. It was like uh, several weeks and gra- he's not, he he's graduated. He's not a big sit stiller, is he? No. And that there's a lot of sitting and there's a lot of waiting in line and doing a kick in a, in, a, in an orchestrated way and then going, doing a, another activity and they frequently had to find an alternative activity for him to do. And that it wasn't working in the long term. Can I, can I make just a quick suggestion? Go ahead, Colin. Have him, have th- thank you, first time kicker. I would have him sit under a table. Mm-hmm. If you get a table that, that's high enough where they won't hit their little head, little dragon head, you, can have him, you could have him sit under that table, give him something to occupy himself. You know, maybe he could read a manual or play with a belt. But... Um, uh, she's only had one class so far, but um, she's learned, I think, three different ways to sit already. Oh, wow. What are, what are they? Well, the main one is you sit like a black belt. 
And, and that's, you sit and you kind of like with your knee, like kind of sit on your heels with your knees in front of you and your hands on your knees. And there's another one that's like some kind of uh, karate version of crisscross applesauce. We don't say Indian style anymore. That's normative. Um, but uh, you know, crisscross applesauce, right? No, I don't. I'm not familiar with this. What is this? Crisscross, crisscross applesauce. Now in a, in a less enlightened time, we call that uh, Indian style. Now you call it Native American style. And so uh, it's been good. And uh, I, I don't think this is what people tune in for, Dan. What do they tune? I think this this is the number one comics rated podcast in iTunes. What do you what do you mean they don't tune in for this? Yeah, that is that is such an honor because that's really <sighs> over ninety percent of all podcasts. Oh, are the yeah. ones that yeah, the ones that we're involved with. Oh, just you know, on the uh, on the iTunes store, there's a lot of comic stuff. But um, <laughs> I'm seriously considering probably adding another because we need more of those. You can never have enough. And there's a, it's, a, it's a large world. Mine's going to be different, though. Mine's going to be special. Ungainly X-Man is going gonna, is gonna to be a whole another thing, as you like to say. Yeah, I, li- I do like that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, good week. Excuse me. That was my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, that, that, that joke wasn't funny. That's what we say when somebody farts. I always say that. That's sorry, sound. that was my phone. But oh. that was actually your phone. Yes, it was. Try that. Next time somebody farts, go, oh, sorry, that was my phone. I will attempt it. If you do it for a month, it gets super funny. I, I, one imagines. Um, San Francisco. Wow. It's mm, teased at this time of year. 48, 48 American degrees. 48 uh, degrees cold. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, I, I got three layers. Um, Do you have air conditioning in your private? Uh, very few people have air conditioning. You don't need it much. Like heating? Yeah, heating. Got heating at the house. We have an extraordinary uh, gas bill at our house. Sorry, that was my phone. Um, <laughs> okay, a little bit of FU. First yeah. of all, um, something, uh, forgive me, I don't remember or did not note who said this on Twitter, but something worth mentioning, uh, and I, I apologize that we did not know this, the awesome uh, verbatim tough and tiny USB dingus that we mentioned last week. Um, I'm, I'm sorry to say, according to uh, a listener, it has problems with USB 3. I, don't, I guess, maybe, I don't know, something with the USB. I don't know why you wouldn't be able to use a USB 2 thing with that. Maybe it's the nature of its nude format. <laughs> yeah, so, the, so they were saying that in a, in a Retina MacBook Pro, yes, for example, like it. the one that I have, it, it, and apparently there is even a quote or a, a line of verbiage. Like a verbiage. A verbiage on a site somewhere, perhaps associated with this, it says that it might not work with the Retina MacBook Pro. And, and the cause of that, I guess, is that they're USB 3 ports. And I, I would assume, um, just to be safe, I would assume that it will not work. And so I do really apologize for that. I, I did not know that. Everything I own is old. People make fun of me because I have an old phone. I have old computers. I have an iPhone 4S, and I might as well be carrying around like a piece of slate. Amy Jane Gruber made fun of me for like 30 minutes about having an iPhone 4S. She said it made her sick. I wonder why. Yeah. 4 is still, she, in some ways, I still prefer the 4. I, there's a lot I like about the 5, but... I, you know... That's, what, they, that's not what people tune in for, to this show. No, no. I mean, I, I can't help but avoid hearing uh, things about these devices, and I guess there's talk of maybe a... Another iPhone 5 thing coming out. And yeah, I would look at that. But this one's working great for me. I'm not trying to be that guy, but I mean, it really does work great for me. And I always, have, I always want to weigh 
the advantages and disadvantages of switching to a new device because it's gotten way, we've talked about this in the past, but it's way, gotten way easier since stuff like iCloud and things like, um, you know, migration assistant. But I still think there's some overhead to switching over, especially if I think kind of, like, like in your case, you run a pretty stock setup and you have some configuration files you yeah, like. And that's certain, about it. Right, but you've got stuff you like that's not super hard to move over. Mm-hmm. But I've got, I've got so many dot .something files in my home directory and I don't know what they do and things with numbers and letters and it's some app I installed you know, years ago. And um, Well, actually, our topic for today will kind of address some of this stuff, I think. But, yeah, you know, I'm happy with what I've got. My wife and I both have these and we like them. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, like I say, caveat emptor, uh, I, I apologize if you bought one of those and it doesn't work with your computer. Uh, I blame Apple. That seems silly that that wouldn't work, but you know, no, I'm not blaming Apple. Relax. But yeah. So have I you done, my, have you gone through the whole migration assistant process? Like got an, had an old Mac and connected it and, and Oh my gosh. Yes. Over? Oh gosh. Yes. Do you uh, find that it's uh, adequate? Yeah. Yeah. Especially, uh, the last When's the last time I did that? Um, probably when I got my MacBook Air in late 2010. My old MacBook Air. It barely runs. It's so old. It's <laughs> the fastest Mac I've ever used. Yeah. Um, it's just ridiculously fast. And um, that was probably the last time I did that for real. Um, but, you know, in the past when I was doing more things with more computers, I had pretty good backup hygiene with trying to, you know, do images pretty often. It's amazing that you can, you know, restore from that. But migration system, I, uh, migration assistant, I think has come a pretty long way. I, you know, around the time of whenever it was introduced in one of those cat builds, I, I remember it being like okay, but you couldn't just trust that it worked. And what now? What's your experience? Have have you had good experiences with it? I've only used it once, and it wasn't on my stuff. Good the migration assistant. So that's um, like Robert Evans says: never spend your own money. That's right. That's Trump says that too. Your hair, that's right. Your hair, D, D Trump. They both have good hair. Uh, so I, we used it on uh, on a, a machine here in the office, going from a, a portable machine to a Mac Pro, and it's it, it did it was, many things worked, many things worked right away, and there were other things that d- did not seem to work. Well, we even little for- things like you would think would be the easy ones to work, like moving the desktop pictures correctly. Hmm. Like you would think that would be easy to do, but it picked the desktop pictures from many months ago uh, right. and moved those huh. and set those. And the other ones were still there in, in situ, as you say. Yes. But they were not selected and set as the active desktop. Well, uh, as you know, I'm not a technologist, but it's, it's for people who don't know, Migration Assistant is an app on OS X that, in my experience, makes it very easy to move from one computer to another. So typically the way you'll use that is, you know, if you've bought a new Mac, you can do it over a network, which takes forever, or you can hook it up through, um, I want to say Firewire. I mean, there's not that, if you don't have things, I don't have Fire. I remember how I did it. But so here's the way you, it happens now. Yeah. Because if, if you recall, these newer Macs don't generally have Firewire ports. No, on them. mine and doesn't. It, mm-hmm. it would be unreasonable for Apple to require you to purchase the ridiculously priced Thunderbolt to Firewire adapter, which is, I think it's like 30 bucks or something. Maybe it's more, maybe it's more. I don't know. But instead of that, they force you to purchase the overpriced Ethernet adapter 
and you plug the two computers into each other with the Ethernet cables. Oh, right. That must have been what I did. I've made, I don't remember what that cost, but I've made great use of that dingus. That's what I do at home, and uh, it served me well. To, to have that. But yeah, it is, it's kind of crazy. It's like having a VIO in some ways. Like, look, it's the, it's the world's lightest computer as long as you don't have to do anything with it. <laughs> but, you know, uh, it works pretty well. But I think, and again, like I say, I'm, I'm not a pro at this, but I think what part of what makes Migration Assistant useful uh, is that it's, because it's made by Apple, it's smart about knowing which files um which files are sort of user configured things that you'd want to move over and which kind of things you wouldn't want to clobber. So if you're moving up from, let's say you're, you're hopping over and you're going from like 10, six to 10, eight, um, it's, it's smart about obviously knowing like don't overwrite these new drivers with these old ones or, or whatever. So, you know, it, it is, I, I think it's come a long way. Like I, I, you know, it still takes longer than I would like, but you know, first world problem you know, and to me, I've had good, really good luck, knock on wood, restoring from iCloud yeah. to an iPad. As I mentioned before, it's it's in less than an hour, not including all the total app downloads, but that's like Disney magic to me. And maybe in some ways it is one upside of the sandboxing is that it really knows, you know, what goes where. It's crazy that the first time... It, it seems like it's gotten better also because I, the one time I'm, I'm thinking back as as we're talking about this, there was a time when I did try it on one of my older machines, but it was years ago. And it was definitely with Firewire. And I felt like I, it took a long time and I didn't trust it. And it didn't, it, but I think, I feel like now mm-hmm. it's Well, I don't remember like everything. what windows were open. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, now the only thing I would say, I, and again, I haven't done this in a while, so your mileage may vary. But what I remember, a couple times I remember screwing up was, I'm trying to remember, where I created the first account on, on the Mac and if I create it with the username that I'm moving over, if memory serves, it doesn't, it doesn't like that and won't do it. So I seem to remember creating an admin user that wasn't my usual username. And then I was able to import. But like if you, if you log in with the same, you know, if you're Dan Benjamin on both machines, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't think it will let you do that. I think it has to create, maybe create an account from scratch, but I could be wrong. Um, yeah, but I mean, we've, we've certainly come a long way, you know. You don't want to be just dragging that stuff around and, and, you know, close your eyes and think of England. So that's sorry about the verbatim. I still think it's great. I finally took off that little keychain thing and I'm keeping it in my wallet now and I, I don't even notice it's there. It's, it's pretty great. Um, but it probably won't work for you. You, you, you there rich are, people. As, as Yoda said, there, there is another. Uh, so, you know, I, I only have experience using... about the Sith and the rule of, rule of two? What are you talking about? Well, the they Sith? got, uh, they got, I don't want to ruin the movie. Yeah. Leia. Well, you know what it is when you go back and watch number three? You know what's really poignant when you really think about it? What? Is when Christopher Lee is looking up at the emperor going like, really? Like, I was your guy and, and this, is, this is how it goes down? I thought that was a very poignant moment. Huh. Um, uh, other bit of follow-up, something I mentioned last week, I, uh, Gabe Weatherhead has released the... Uh, the yeah, I'm just... I'm- in a, you're being a gentleman. Yeah. He, uh, he's, he's released uh, the episode of his generational podcast that I was on. Uh, a lot of nice responses from people. I, I really, um, I, I, I like how it turned out. It was, it was a pretty deep dive on a lot of like big, big stuff in parenting and how bad we are at it. And, you know, there's a lot of kind of personal talk, but I, I thought it was really good. Like, like, I, like I said on my uh, weblog or blog, you know, I, I think it, people can be more than forgiven for being sick of the parenting stuff. But if you are interested... 
Um, it's some of my favorite things I've had to say about it. And that's in show notes. Dan, Dan, can I ask you a question? Go ahead. Okay. First time parent. If, um, if, if people were inclined to find the show notes for episode 106 mm-hmm. of, of your back to work program, where mm-hmm. would people go to find that? Uh, they go to five by five TV slash B is in boys. Two is in the number W is in water slash one zero six. Hmm. Earl like water. Did you ever watch that lemon grab? Ah, uh, yes, we finally, I've seen both of the two more recent lemon grabs. What'd you think of that? There's last the one, one with, the seeds, with the seeds where, where people's gives them the seeds for more candy. What'd you think of that? That was really weird. And so I, so weird. I, the, the best part is when the, the little lemon, it, it, one guy is in the room and he's freaking out so much. His skin sort of splits off. That, that has haunted me ever yeah. since I saw it. And like a baby lemon grab comes yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, the more I think about it, though, the more the more important an episode it seems to me. And I don't mean just for entertainment. I, I think there's a cautionary tale. It's a cautionary tale, you know. People's gave them enough candy to last forever, you know, and then they uh, they got hooked on uh, creating those horrible little beings. Now, did you watch the one after that with Little Dude? Yeah, that one is oh, also loved, loved that. That was also weird, but I bet I felt better. Yes. Yeah, when, when Little Dude uh, turns all the food into poop, that was pretty funny. You think it's what people tune in for? This this is definitely more on uh, on track. I think mm-hmm. at least compared to like iTunes advice or something. Yes, you think we got off track for a minute? Now we're back on the tracks. Mm-hmm. The tracks are there for a reason, Dan. It's productivity on rails. So that's all I had for follow up. I had a couple of comic suggestions, but we probably time is it. I think we should always have time. You got time for a couple of quickies? Please. Okay, so I, I was asking people how to pronounce uh, this guy's name, but Matt Fraction and David Aha, is that correct? The the artist, is it David Aha? How does that spell? A-J-A. And please don't make a Steely Dan joke. I just can't take another Steely Dan joke today. <laughs> I don't know how to, to pronounce I'll be that. literally reeling in the ears. Oh, God. <laughs> I'll go back, Jack, and do it again. Is there gas in the car? This is the guy that does uh, or did Hawkeye, right? Yes, there's gas in the car. Daredevil. Yes. They've done two things together that I want to recommend. Um, and Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. I, ha- I don't have that one. I've got like three other Daredevils I still have to read. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot of people love that Daredevil run. Right now, out right now, Marvel Now, uh, issues one through seven, Hawkeye. Hawkeye, guys. I know a lot of people love this. It's probably going to be a little bit unlike, maybe a little bit unlike anything you're reading now. Now, I know what you're saying. You're saying, Hawkeye, what? But the, I think the, the subtitle of it, subhead, is something like, you know, what Hawkeye does when he's not doing things with the Avengers, which is things like trying to set up his VCR. Right. Oh, so that's it, what this comic is about? It, yeah, but it's, it's really good. And, and Tony's hanging around. He's like, look, this is junk. Let's just go out right now. I'll buy you new everything. And he saves people with a boat and no spoilers. But really, Hawkeye by Matt Fraction and David Aha. And I apologize if I'm saying that wrong to the whole Aha family. Uh, and then the other one that I, uh, if I weren't a busy professional and going to comic stores, thing I picked up yesterday, uh, Immortal Iron Fist, The Last Iron Fist Story by Brubaker Fraction and AHA. Have you ever, have you ever seen this? I've never seen this. So you got Hawkeye and you got Iron Fist. Two, two characters that I think a lot of people have somewhat mixed feelings about. I, I'm just saying, this is, these are really good. Immortal Iron Fist is gorgeous. It's epic. It's big. And like Hawkeye, it has little stories inside of it or little diversions that make it really great. So I don't want to go on about comics, but 
Uh, I'm really, my, gosh, Matt Fraction is writing so much stuff, has written, I'm realizing how much of his stuff I, I really, really like. And this, this uh, artist, this David Aha or, or otherwise, is just a terrific um, artist. Highly recommended. Remind, his style reminds me, this is crazy, it reminds me a little bit of almost like Chris Ware, the way his, you know, he puts stuff together, but I hope that's a compliment. That's mine. You got anything this week? You know, I, I feel like a broken record because the stuff that I'm into is, is somewhat focused. Batman, 47 Ronin, which I have still not been able to find. Really? I'll say, oh, really? Well, it's not okay, next time yet. I go out there, I'll, uh, I'll pick you up a couple. It's out of like what? Like around like issue 10 two. or two. or something? Two. Uh, issue two? Yeah, it's a limited, I think it's a four, maybe five, but I think it's a four part miniseries. Uh, it's only going to be four or five. I'll get you a couple copies. I'll can, send can some. Can I ask you to please put one, one, one to two issues of that into the uh, baby cover budget? Yes. I'll, co- I'll cover your costs and your mileage. <laughs> okay. It's 55 cents. Yes. Got it. I think it's confusing to people. I don't think people realize that those are two separate but identical bells. Well, what they don't, first, what they don't realize is that we're not in the same physical location. Sure we are. And they all, they, and but, mm-hmm. so in that case, we each have a bell at our side, but it's not <laughs> stereo. So, or two no. mono channels, as they say. Uh, so it's not. No, it's like if we could somehow separate that out in stereo and like the left one would be mine or I would be yours or whatever, whichever side you want to sleep on is fine. I'll try and get a lower tone. As uh, Elrond Hopper would say. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so this is our probably final episode about talking about media stuff. And I have some, I have a, a fairly specific um, direction I'd like to take today, if you like. And that's talking specifically, it's going to be about some media manager stuff. We have a few grab bag questions from people on Twitter, but I wanted to focus on uh, dealing with duplicates in, in various media. And I, I don't have a perfect solution for any of it, but I think it's something a lot of people struggle with. And I'd like to tell you some things that have worked for me in doing that. I would love to. Am I going to, do I need software installed in order to no, keep up no, like no. I have been required well, to in the past? No, that's, that, it's a very good question. But here, here's the thing about duplicates. I mean, all of the easy problems have been solved in life. <laughs> if it's still a problem, it's because it's not easy to solve or you just don't have the information. I'm going to give you the information that I have, but it's still not easy to solve. As we talked about in the last couple episodes of this, um, dealing, dealing with duplicates is complicated business. And for myself, the place where you feel that pain the most is in iTunes, personally, because I've got a lot of stuff in there. I've got stuff where this might be from a compilation. I was trying to fix my death cab for QD yesterday and like I've got the special edition of something about airplanes and I've got this other something about airplanes and I've got a compilation that has, you know, president of what on it also. And so if you don't know what you're doing when you go into that and you use that hobbled find duplicates thing in iTunes and you see three things with the same title, you know, if you've been drinking, you might delete the wrong thing. So yeah, I mean, step zero back up before you do anything, you know, with your stuff, that's a good idea to do anyway. But I, I would say do a separate backup in situ, as you say, before you do. <laughs> Is that a British stuff. thing? I think it might be Latin. <laughs> it means under glass, I think, or in glass or, or amber. Um, oh, like in French. Shellac. Like in French. Yeah, maybe in sewer. And so uh, bibliotech. So, uh, yeah, yeah, back up. And then um, the next thing is, like, really get to know how the software you're using works, if you're going to do a non-manual method for this. But then also, I would say, as with stuff like the wonderful Music Brains Picard that we talked about, which helps you identify 
the correct metadata for things. Mm-hmm. You might want to try by starting with a small sampling of stuff before you do anything. So we're going to talk about stuff like um, iTunes, Finder files, um, photos. So there are solutions that are for all of these, but they're computer programs, right? They do computer program things. They're, they'll be as smart as they can be, but they can sometimes be a little bit too smart and yet not smart enough. So it might do exactly what you told it to do, but be really careful exactly what you told it to do. Mm-hmm. It's worth, it's, to me, it's worth doing on a large corpus of data because it's, it's crazy to try and go in. I mean, my iPhoto is so crazy right now. My Lightroom is off the charts because it's... I use Lightroom a lot when I was shooting camera raw. And so it's, there's a certain cost associated with storing all of that. But when was I shooting camera raw? Like the jillions of pictures of my kid that I took. And if you have bad, um, if you have bad photo hygiene like I do, you know I don't delete it in the frame or what you know. You know what I mean? Like a lot of pros apparently will delete stuff they know they don't want. Like a pro will take five photos of something, then look at it on the camera, mm-hmm. zoom in, and delete three or whatever. Um, and I haven't done that. I just kept going, I'll fix this someday. And now I've Me got too. You know, gigs and gigs and gigs of stuff that I'm afraid is going to break or disappear. I know. So anyway, that's... that's Photos, is, by the way, is the perfect way to, I think, to compare that to, because especially like as a parent, you wind up getting running out and you get a DSLR and then you're taking pictures of, of your kid and you're in the moment, you're just taking, you know, and you say, hey, it's, you know, I got a flash in here. I don't have to worry about it. And you take a thousand pictures of, you know, your kid holding the spoon for the first time. Right, and then you're like, I'll just upload them. I'll go, and then and then you have gigs of this, and the and and again, it becomes something you just do later, and then you think, well, I'll just keep it on the hard drive, and then all of a sudden, the performance of your applications is degraded because there's so many photos in there, and you just don't have the time to go through them. And then when you look at them, you're like, oh, those are all great. I can't delete any of those. And your wife says, well, what about the blurry ones? No, no, those are cute because look, he was doing this thing. So, right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, it, it's no. I, I totally agree with you. And for me, it's a little instructive because it tells me that I'm uh, I'm getting into that clutter problem. Where if I loved all those photos as much as I claim to, I would be looking at them a lot, and I would notice that there are you know five copies of this. That, that's a, that's a larger issue. But I, yet, you're absolutely right, especially with a DSLR. And even if you get in a good habit of like popping it in and having it automatically pull off the photos, you know, you might have like you get into this thing that you, this whole web of uncertainty of like, okay, I've got six of these compact flash cards. I'm not sure which is on which I finally came up with a naming method for them. Like alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, echo, Foxtrot mm. pre-roll. And so that, um, that makes it easier to know kind of which is which, but still you can't just, you have to pop those in and see what's on it. And did I already do this? Did I already back this up? But I think it's also compounded by, the very cool services of like, well, the very cool thing of having photos on your phone, having photos on another phone, having photos on your iPad, having photo stream on those. And so something that seems pretty trivial, if you have one iOS device, you're probably going to be in pretty good shape as long as you plug it in periodically. But, you know, if I go in and, and pull down lots of stuff from all these different devices, I might unintentionally end up with multiple copies of things. I might have downloaded stuff from PhotoStream in two different places, like a bonehead. Um, and I, I have an app that I'll tell you about that I use for this stuff that I, I really love called PhoneView. But, you know, that's all compounded by those things. And in my case, shoot, on my phone right now, I just, for the second time now, I've gotten the iCloud, you have too much stuff on here message. How is this further compounded? For me, this is further compounded by the how difficult it is 
again, if you've got one device and one computer, you're probably fine. If you've got just the device, you're in good shape. <clears throat> but <clears throat> like I, um, uh, I, I don't have my phone associated with an iPhoto library right now mm-hmm. because I sync my iPhone with my MacBook Air, right? So, you know, it is possible, I think, at least it used to be, to sync with this iPhoto library on this computer and not on that one. So, you know, it's, it's risky to go in and make those changes until you know what you've done because, you know, you get that pop-up that says, hey, you're about to delete all of these photos. Do, you know, do you know what you're doing? And so I think there's some resistance to that. Let me just look this up real quick. While you look it up, I could just tell you about something I like. Oh my God, I would love that so much. Is there something you like this week? Yes, there is. It is, uh, it is a, little, a new little thing called Squarespace. Squarespace? Let me tell you about them. It's everything you need to make an amazing website. They're fully hosted, completely managed environment. They allow you to create and maintain a beautiful site. It could be a blog. could be a, a corporate site, as you say. could be a portfolio, no matter how experienced you are with building a website. You can build something amazing with this and, and instantly, really. Didn't you say four and a half minutes it took you? Yeah, I forget. I, I had mean, a you were moving slow, but. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I have my rheumatism, arthritis, my lumbago, <laughs> uh, my, my, my grip. Yeah, weren't you complaining about bursitis <laughs> to my, me recently? My, my pleurisy. Uh, I've got, <laughs> and I've this got is all even dropsy. when you're. <laughs> <laughs> I have every old timey illness you wow. can have. And yeah. a fugue state. Consumption. Layout Engine is Squarespace's page builder. It allows you to create custom layouts for all of your pages in just seconds. You add blocks of content. This could be a block of verbiage. It could be oh, photos. It could be videos. Whatever it is, integrate with the social media sites that you like, like Twitter, Facebook, whatever. And they have really, really awesome real-time analytics and stats that are built right in. iOS apps, Android apps, they've got it all. When you sign up for a year of Squarespace, you're going to get a free custom domain name. If you, uh, if you want... When you sign up for a year, you can get 20% off. You can get 25% off for two years. If you want to sign up for that long, you don't have to. You can do it month to month, and then it's 10 bucks. And if you'd like, there is a special URL that can support this show. It lets the Squarespace folks know that you're listening, and that makes them uh, very, very happy. Squarespace.com slash back to work is the URL. You don't have to give them a credit card. Start your free trial. Do you want to do the code? It's the same code as before for 10% yeah. off. <clears throat> Let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. You ready? Yes. Bendis! <laughs> the code for 10% off whatever you do over there is Bendis, B-E-N-D-I-S. Yeah. So go check out Squarespace, everything you need to make an amazing website. And they have something that is so cool that they're about, we, they have uh, oh, forbidden me to talk about until Friday. Is it Friday? This, it's Friday. Yeah, this Friday. If you, if, you, if, you had cur- if you had hair, it would be curled by this, Dan. It's <laughs> crazy how, you know what, we can't get into it. No. But but speaking of uh, Bendis, um, I have. Brian Michael Bendis. Brian Michael Bendis. I I uh, I've been feeling really crummy about how poorly maintained. Uh, in, well, not that crummy. I'm not losing sleep over it, but. <laughs> But I, I, about how I want to really get back into like updating my own site, simplifying what's there. And so I've been playing with my Squarespace 6 site. And we talk about this ability to pull in these blocks of content. And so this morning, um, I was just messing around with one feature. And I, can I show it to you? Yeah, do it. Let's see it. I want to see so, it. Where did you know it? that you can, you can create pages or in the side rail that you can pull in Amazon items? Oh, oh, yeah. And you know what? They add your Amazon affiliate tag to it. 
They do. They do. So go to MerlinM.com slash Snicked, like it sounds, S-N-I-K-T. <laughs> yeah, I'm familiar with that. And so um, <laughs> I did this just in a few minutes this morning just to show you. I'm not, you guys don't like go. This. You, you did need, this? Well, yeah, you don't need to go buy anything. But this is a good example of, I think, several things. First of all, that wonderful Gene Gray header. You know, any section of your site, you just drag in a huge photo and it makes it the header for the site as well as the thumbnail for that area of the site. Uh, really, you guys know I'm not super bright. I went to public schools, but I did this in a few minutes. So then, um, second of all, I think it's a good use of showing how the layout engine works as well as the block. So if you're looking at MerlinM.com slash snicked, I just went and grabbed a bunch of stuff, mostly out of my wish list and dragged it in. And so all you have to do is you drag the block into the layout engine, like just drag it onto the page and it says, okay, what's the ASIN for this? That's the little unique. That's so cool. You drop it in. And uh, as you can see, like Black Cat and Gene are on in two columns. Yeah, I, I, I did not have to go in and employ any like 720 blueprint, what have you, architecture do. So I just literally dragged it on the page. You drag Wolverine in. I got three across for Electra and so forth. But anyway, and, and you can see, so if you've got, let's say you've got, this is for your church or your school or your, or your, your blog, and you want to pull stuff in, it really is that easy and fast. Um, and it's, it gives you exactly as many configuration options as I think is sensible. If you want to do more with this, you could certainly embed stuff and do all kinds of crazy stuff. But it really is as easy as just dragging stuff in. And like I say, if you want to put them in columns, you put them in columns. This is all drag and drop. I did this entire thing with, with drag and drop. Anyway, I'm not saying it's like the greatest thing in the world, but it's, it's a pretty long way from where we started a few years ago. Very, very cool stuff. Squarespace.com slash back to work. This is a really nice little site. Thank you. Thank you. And who knew you had this in you? Mm. Do you have all these things? Are these approved? No, no. I have, uh, I got the uh, Iron Fist. I really want that Wolverine bank. I do have Electra Assassin, which is really, really good. They have this Wolverine bank over at the ABC. Is it, can we do something where comic people just get easier names to pronounce? It's, it's really frustrating. It's very, very frustrating to me. Do you have the Kotobukiya Marvel X Bishouju collection black hat statue? If, if I did, you know I would have sent you a photo of it. <laughs> That's true. Isn't she pretty? Well, I, this is, for those who don't know what we're talking about, this is the anime or manga, as you say, style mm. uh art of it's a statue of black cat as if she were a manga character they got these for, for they got these for lots of lots of characters that's a good one yeah yeah and she needs, someone needs to costly. come and zip up her top though yeah I'm, I'm a little worried about that that doesn't look that doesn't look wholesome uh look at that jean gray though isn't that a thing that is cool i think it's like 300 bucks um yeah no these comic guys got a lot of money um, so anyway, our thanks to Squarespace.com for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work. Um, yeah, yeah, I've called a moratorium on the little figures. That, that's got to stop. But I'll still get you those babies covers. Love the babies covers. Right. You're so sweet to do that. We yeah. didn't, I don't know if we officially mentioned that. You sent some terrific baby covers, uh, as you do. Uh, so hey, let's talk about duplicates, because um, I think that's what t- people tune in for. Okay. Okay. Now, I wish I, wish I had a terrific bulletproof solution for iTunes duplicates. I have in the past used different apps. Uh, there was an Air app. And boy, it's so fun to use an Air app, Adobe Air. Uh, there was an Air app I had that did a pretty good job. There's an app that I'm going to recommend for a variety of duplicate, f- for fixing a variety of duplicate problems on your Mac. And it is called Gemini. Um, there's another one that I've used that's pretty good for just strictly finding duplicate files, which is called Araxis Find Duplicate Files. 
very cleverly named. But uh, Gemini is a really neat app. Um, and you should go and explore it and, and, and do your own thing with it. But it's, it's really pretty. It's really easy to use. You know, some of, some of the duplicate finders that are out there are, are pretty powerful, but it's, it's a little bit like using, what, like Diff3 or something. You know, you have to go in and, like, compare these different things, and you have to, and, and let's be honest, in a lot of these duplicate things, it'll be as smart as it can be, but it's going to ask you to weigh which kind of factors. Do you want an earlier file? Do you want a larger file? You know, but uh, Gemini uses a lot of what I, from a technical standpoint, I would call Disney magic to, first of all, so you drop your drive or a folder or folders into Gemini, and it runs and runs and runs, and it identifies duplicates based on many factors, uh, based on modification dates, based on stuff like, you know, how much stuff do you have in iTunes that's like, you know, um, name of song, and then name of song space one, name of song space two, and so forth. Um, I can't vouch for how perfect it is in all situations, but I've had pretty good luck with dragging stuff in there. Like I, I do backups of my text file folders, stuff gets deleted. You can just drop stuff in there and it, it's pretty smart about figuring out based on folder nesting, uh, all these factors, it will show you what it thinks all the duplicates are. And then it has an auto select feature, unlike iTunes, <laughs> that will pick what it thinks is the better one of them. And, and the beauty part is it will always leave at least one in place. Like it's, I don't think it's going to just, I think what it doesn't do is say, oh, these are both named the same things, just arbitrarily, you know, pick one. But anyhow, uh, th- the reason they're duplicates is because they're duplicates. Like they were finding things that are the, th- are the same thing. So as I always back up and your miles may vary, but uh, why do I mention this? Well, it's great for finder stuff. Like if, especially, um, I was searching around on Macworld this morning because each time there's a new, what do you call them? Big cat release. Anytime there's a new 10 dot something that comes out. Uh-huh. Somebody like uh, Dan Frakes will write a wonderful piece on how to get ready for that. Oh, he's the the first officer guy from uh, from Star Trek. I think you're thinking of the guy with the uh, with the the comb over his eyes, Cyclops. Um, or am I that's, oh, Jordy, that? that's Jordy. Ben Ben Vereen, is that his name? Yeah. Okay. Um, the boxer, ex boxer. Oh, and he's the guy that does uh, "Don't Worry, Be Happy." Uh, mm-hmm. Where are you the? Uh, on his you know that again? I do literally the worst Bobby McFerrin. Let me hear it. Go. Ready? Do it. Uh, uh, that's pretty much it. Oh, was that? I thought you were warming up for it. Ooh. Nope, nope, nope. That's the whole thing. <laughs> Stem to stern. Oh, oh. Hmm? And, oh, uh, and remind me for the after dark to talk to you about cash and the pirate gold balloons. I love that story. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like Robert Louis Stevenson. <laughs> Am I thinking McLean Stevenson? Yes. You know, McLean Stevenson and I were born on the same day of the year. He's passed since then, but we were both born. We're both Sagittarius. It's your day now. He's gone. It's your day. Me, I think of Tina Turner, Rich Little. It was a big day. Let's Private dancer. Mm-hmm. I've never, I've never seen Rich Little dance. James McLean, the, uh, the soccer player. Mm-mm. Or what they call football in the U.S. Hmm. Hmm. Huh. Mr. Clean. So, uh, Gemini. Now, now, Gemini will also do this. For, I believe, I, I know it'll do it for iTunes files, and I believe it will do it for iPhoto files. Your mileage will so vary on this. You're always going to have this problem. If you're doing any duplicate fixing outside of the app, and that's really the only place to do good duplicate fixing in a lot of these apps, you know, your, your library still needs to be updated. I just can't underscore this enough. Don't just go out and run these things and then blame me if it, if it screws up. But try Gemini. I've had really good luck with it. Oh, so anyhow, Dan Frakes. They, they uh, are usually pretty good about saying, hey, here's how to get ready for when this thing comes out so you don't accidentally clobber a whole bunch of your stuff. But you also do it efficiently. You know what I mean? If, if, you've, if you're 
if you if you are like me, I, I frequently am just hit, hitting a folder and then saying compress. You know, just to do a quick backup of yeah. something. Yeah. Well, if you if you've got a ton of stuff you don't need, like why add extra time to move that over? It's a good time to do housekeeping. Um, and and guys, if you've got one of these little SSD drives, you know, you really want to prune down stuff you don't need to have on there. So, um, I would say look at Gemini. There are other things out there. There's this great. I think it's called Doug's Apple Scripts, where this guy has all these wonderful Apple Scripts for iTunes that um, can do all kinds of neat stuff. Um, I, I forget who I learned this from, but I've got one I swear by right now, uh, an Apple Script for iTunes. This is apropos of nothing, but um, I, you know, I, Instacast, like like some other apps, Instacast, the uh, podcast uh, listener for iOS, if you hit um, the back or forward button, it rewinds or jumps forward 30 seconds. Which and now I want that everywhere. Mm. So, for example, on my my keyboard using Better Touch Tool and Apple Script, you know, if I hit previous and next on my keyboard, it goes to the previous or next song. If I hit, um, I think I said Command Shift previous or next, there's an Apple Script, very simple Apple Script that'll jump it forward or back thirty seconds. So, if I'm listening to a podcast or I'm transcribing something, I can go tap 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 and, and go back two minutes or something like that. And I'll, I'll, I have, I, I want to credit the person I got them from. I'm happy to share those Apple scripts I've got, but I, I don't remember who the author of it is. I want to say that it maybe came with, I forget what it comes with, but um, Doug's Apple scripts. We've got to put that in notes. Doug's iTunes Apple scripts. I, I think they're free. So um, I've used, I'm, I'm trying to think, I think I used one of those that, because we have a little Mac mini that streams the reruns when, when we are, you and I are not doing a live show mm-hmm. and I, there's no easy way to get iTunes. It's easy to get iTunes to start up just by control clicking it and saying, open it startup or open it login rather. And you have the machine automatically log in easy, right? Mm-hmm. But you can't make it start playing and you can't hmm. make it start playing a specific, uh, a specific playlist. So oh, he has right. a script that allows you to start it up and start playing a, a playlist the minute that iTunes launches, which is all we need. Right. Uh, just having it launch is not enough. So yeah, the, these are, but I mean, that's such a trivial thing, but there's so much this guy has. Uh, so I've, I've got it here in the show notes uh, for those who want to check this out. Mm-hmm. There's, um, do, all, do, do all of these work with the new version of iTunes? Do you know? Do any of them I work? I, I don't, okay. but I, I mean, <clears throat> you know, it's Apple script and for now it works. Right. For um, now. I have tons of workflows I've gotten from other people from Automator that I use largely for finder things or for services things. Brett, Brett Terpster has lots of really good service-based things that are workflows. Um, I think the place that I arguably, is, to my awareness anyway, the place I use AppleScript the most might be in iTunes. Hmm. Uh, a, a, a listener, again, I apologize, I don't remember who, I think it's a pal of mine, but somebody mentioned that there actually is, I want to say it might even have been Jay, Jay Thrash, said that you can, um, there is an Apple script for letting you export your uh, playlists. So I have not tried that, but that's out there as well. So anyway, I mean, the removal of duplicates will never be simple if you care intensely about the stuff you're removing duplicates from. But I would say look at Gemini, uh, see if it might work for you. It's a really pretty app. I think it's very much worth supporting. Um, Another place that I run into a lot of trouble, I haven't used Lightroom for a while. When I was using my DSLR a lot, I was using... Uh, Lightroom. I really, really, really like Lightroom. But lately, just because of PhotoStream and for a variety of reasons, I have been using iPhoto to bring stuff in. But I use it alongside some other things and I use it in kind of some crazy ways. 
Uh, owing to the aforementioned problem of only having one iPhoto library associated with my phone, as I said, I don't sync up my iPhoto to and iPhoto stuff to and from my phone or my iPad anymore. That'll change in the future once I'm satisfied that I've backed everything up. But um, I'll tell you a couple quick things that I like a lot. W- what I do periodically is I'll uh, plug my phone into my Mac Pro that it's not synced to, but it will then import all of the photos from my phone. Now, why would I do that? Because PhotoStream only gets your last thousand photos. Um, <clears throat> like from the last what, month right, so or whatever. Right, if, so if, if there's a thousand in there and you take a new one, then the other one that it was number one at the top of the list is, mm-hmm. as, as you say, pushed and popped off the first, stack. Push and pop, pop the stack, first yeah. and last out, garbage in, garbage out. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so let me just look at this real quick. So I have 55 possible gigs of storage on iCloud. So I, I have 37 gigs of photos and videos on my phone, something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like I shot, I put up this kind of silly video of my kid the other day. And that was like, that was a very, it's, you know, it's whatever, 1080p, 720p. It's, it's a very, very large file and those add up. Also, to my knowledge, iPhoto does not import your videos. I don't think. Um, so, so the first level, the easiest level is I, every time I think of it, I plug my iPhone into my, um, Mac pro and I import all the photos from my phone. The photo stream stuff will come in automatically because I have it configured to do that. That's the, you know, iCloud photo stream service. But then I also pull in all those. So good enough. Like I've got all of those. Yes. Do not import duplicates and so on and so forth. That's really great. Another thing I do, um, that I'm, I'm doing, I don't know if it's out of uh, paranoia or what, but you know how Dropbox can now do camera sync. So when you plug in, when you plug your camera in to the computer that has this configured, Dropbox can automatically uh, download all of your new photos and put it in a folder at slash camera downloads, I think, or something like that mm-hmm. in your Dropbox thing, which is great. But uh, I don't want it to do that every time I plug it in. I certainly don't want it on every computer. So I've been using an app that I, I think a lot of folks have heard about called Camera Sync for iOS. And basically, Camera Sync, you go in and you enter your Dropbox credentials and you configure it the way you want. And in my case, every time that I'm on Wi-Fi, it attempts to start grabbing all of the new photos off of my phone and putting it and puts them into my Dropbox slash... I should get the right name for that. But it, So in other words, I'm, instead of having to be tethered... Um, to a box, you can also have it say, in, you could do it over 3G too, but I, I do it or LTE or whatever you kids use. But I have it say this it every is time. so cool. Yeah, and it's not perfect. I've been doing it on my phone and my iPad, so there's a, I get duplicates and stuff, but that's easy enough to deal with later. But what I do know is every time I get to my office or I get home, it, you know, it'll say, you get a little notification saying, you know, uh, downloading seven images or whatever. But I, f- I feel good about that because now I know that that stuff is on Dropbox. If oh, it says it doesn't it was- resize or compress the, anything. And it, and it gets videos too, right? Yep. See, you know what this is perfect for? And this is, this is something that my wife constantly will ask me about. You know, she likes the photo stream thing. She knows there's the thousand photo limitation, which is all right because she doesn't take a ton of them. But she just does not like to sit down. She's busy. We've got two kids she takes care of everything around the house and, and she's constantly shuttling them around. Right. She does not want to like she, the idea of her sitting down in front of a computer and just like docking up the phone and all. No, that's not going to happen. Right. She's got, she's got to spare 15 minutes this week and she's going to spend it. Right. Like, like syncing up photos. No. <laughs> right. So oh, iCloud I, backup works, yeah. but it and like a photo stream doesn't get videos. 
No, it does but not. This, does, and this seems to. Another another piece of the delightful opacity of iCloud. But but here's a neat thing on this week's. Uh, I've heard of other people doing this, but on this week's Mac Power Users uh, uh, episode 124, uh, Kate Floyd talks about how she does this same thing with this same app, and she has a Hazel um, rule that watches that folder and then automatically imports it into iPhoto. So if you've got like a primary box sitting somewhere, you could have you could have something like a Hazel rule, and Hazel is just basically it runs different automation things on the finder. It's very, very cool and very, very powerful. And so you can have it just watch that folder and every time something new comes in, um, import it to iPhoto for you. I haven't done that. I mean, to me, those are separate things right now. But um, yeah, camera sync. And I don't, I haven't looked up how much it costs, but I don't think it's very expensive. Now, this, this last bit of this, and you know, well, why I go on about this? Because you know, your photos matter to you. You get casual about taking them. And you know, even if you don't have the time to organize, delete, and deduplicate Right now, you still want to know that everything's going into somewhere safe. And say what you will about Dropbox. Like, I feel pretty good about that stuff getting into there. But let's say, in my case, I have been thinking about associating my iPhoto library with my phone. I don't want anything deleted. There's a fantastic app called PhoneView. Have you ever used PhoneView? No, I don't think so. I want to say it's made by Ecamm. I think oh, it's... Oh, yes. I have... I don't think that I've used this app, but I've used one that is similar to this for mm-hmm. uh, for moving saved games from one iPad to another. Oh, sweet. Well, hmm, according to this little dingus on here, it was once my pick of the week on MacBreak Weekly, so that's how I must like it. Uh, <laughs> that's, as, that's how you... There's my face. You can see my face right on there. Really? Uh, yeah, so it's at, which which uh, page? I get in the show notes. Where's your just face? search for search for phone view, and it's at ecamcom slash mac dot slash phone phone view. Yeah, um, I don't see the face. It's inside rail. So so this oh, is oh the face from an ancient gallery. I mm, see it now. Pick hmm. of the week. <laughs> this looks nothing like you. And I don't think that's an official badge. <laughs> I think that might be homemade. But uh, <laughs> but but now this thing is. This is one of those things. <laughs> this is one of those things like one password or text expander where you go like, I have no idea how they pull this off, but thank God they pull this off. So you plug in your iOS device. This works for iPads. It works for iPhones, and uh, you have Phone View open, and it it mounts your device. I guess you would say. Anyway, it pulls up all the stuff from your device. It comes up, and you will see. Let me look at these little sections. You will see stuff like disc contents and so forth. But you'll in uh, in iTunes under iTunes you'll see music, TV shows, videos, audiobooks, podcasts, and so forth. And then there's a section for photos. And when you click on that, I don't know how it does this, but you know you can actually go in and I think you can see things like the preference files and stuff. I'm not sure. I haven't played with it a lot. But the, here's what I wanted to tell you about today. When you go to the um, photos section, you can actually see all of your photos and all of your videos that are on your phone. So what I did yesterday, and this, this, this took maybe, I, I know it was less than an hour, but I plugged it in. Uh, you know, I've got a pretty, I've got a two terabyte external drive where I do a lot of backing up of little bits of stuff, create mm-hmm. a new folder in there. And I said, download every photo and video from my phone. And some of these go back to something like 2011. And uh, it does it. And in my case, it was 18 gigs of stuff that it pulled off of there. Um, you could also pull off your photo stream stuff if you want. You'll probably get dupes. But boy, you can't get any better than that. I remember when Buzz Anderson um, first came out with that app that would let you pull your music off of an iPod. Oh, yeah. 
Well, this is like that, but for all kinds of stuff. So if you've got TV shows, music, any of that on there, you can do that. If, Wasn't if you that like a, sci-fi, hi-fi, Podwork? Podworks sci-fi, is what it was pod, called. Podworks. It was, it was not very costly. And uh, it, was, it was the go-to app that I bought for a lot of people who were like, ah, my iPod is, everything's stuck on my iPod. But uh, anyhow, uh, definitely check out PhoneView. It's $30, which I think it's, I have never regretted having spent that on this. You can pull off your text messages, uh, call history. Um, it's pretty neat. And so, you know, if you, if you are like me and a little bit paranoid sometimes about that opacity and not being sure where stuff is, you can pull a lot of stuff off there. And then in the case of videos, uh, what I'll sometimes do, um, is what's Manton's app called? Clipstart. Uh, Manton Reese has a great app called Clipstart, which is kind of like, I, I don't know what he'd call it. It's something like, almost like iPhoto for movies, for videos. So you could drag all your family videos into Clipstart, which we should put in notes. And, um, and you can tag them. It, it, it'll do them by year and so forth. Um, so anyway, yeah. Does, does, so is this going anywhere? It's kind I'm of not, somewhere. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, those are all to me, those solutions, and there certainly are others out there. But to me, those all work together as, as a nice way to make sure that your stuff is, is taken care of. Now, you know, I, I have no idea how to, I don't, I don't know of a way to remove duplicates on a, iOS device, which sounds obvious. Do you have but Do you have duplicates on there? I do. I have duplicates on everything. Yeah. I spent almost an hour yesterday fixing seven Death Cab for Cutie releases, <laughs> and then last night when I pulled it up to listen to it at home, things were still in like Fakakta order. The only was, way that here's so here's how I think you're going to have to do this. You're talking specifically about songs now. Yes. Okay. Here's the here's the only way I know of how to do this is you would have to go in to iTunes and you would have to I believe. Now, and, and the iCloud part confuses this. So I think you would have to disable the iCloud part on your phone so that it's not pulling songs down anymore. Then you would have to, on your computer, unsync it from the computer and tell it not to sync songs. And then I think that gets rid of all the music on your on your yeah, iOS correct. device. And then you yeah. have to re-sync either from iCloud or the computer. Because I find that I have stuff... That's that's there like in duplicate duplicate songs that are the same exact song and they seem to even be from the same place. And I'm not sure if it's because I downloaded it once from the iCloud and once when I synced. I mean, it's all very it's but very puzzling to me. Well, I mean, I, I have I have records that I have bought on the iTunes store, but I also have my own copy of it. And I've had things like Jay, Jay-Z's Blueprint. I have exactly the same songs uh, twice. Yeah. Now, here's, and you here's have precious another. limited space on an iOS device compared to right. a hard drive yeah. too, so it's a problem. Yeah, absolutely, and then and, and then to help to, to to have me compound your problem for you, if you are using something like Picard, Music Brains Picard, it's adding. I think it's adding enough metadata to the file. You'll see a difference in size because it's putting in the album art. It's doing all kinds of stuff. So I think that creates can create even a third copy of it. But, you know, with all of that said, um, oh, and then, you know, so you might have a copy that's a purchased and a copy that's a matched and a copy that's an uploaded, you know. So, you know, the thing is, if you just use um, iTunes Match, then you're probably going to be in okay shape, especially if you just buy stuff off iTunes. Yeah. Because if it detects a duplicate, it will not, you know, grab it for you. But, but, but you know, even something as simple as, okay, I've checked everything. I know that everything here is clean. And if it's duplicates, it won't be in the cloud. I'll just delete everything locally and then have it re-download. Well, you're still, if it was matched at some point, you're still going to have that dupe on your phone. So I don't have a solution for that. But 
Um, I think the whole idea of fixing your metadata on the stuff that matters most to you. I mean, let's be honest. There's probably, what, 20 to 50 albums you listen to the most, maybe. If you fix those, you'll be way better off than you were before. And then using some of those smart playlists we talked about a couple episodes ago, you can go in and say, well, wow, I've got these giant things in here that are taking up lots of space and they're basically orphans. You can go in and delete those. And uh, as we said, this is the third of these three episodes. So um, last week we skipped a week. But if you go back and listen to episodes 103, if you listen to 103 and 104, and this is 106, that should be helpful to you. I think there's a lot of good stuff in those. Okay. Um, Putting those in the show notes too. Good, good. Um, Now, as far as dealing with duplicates in iPhoto, uh, again, this is a black art because uh, there, you know, do you want... If you try to do this just by like combing through your library on your hard drive, you're going to pull your hair out because it's it's not designed for you to browse and then fix. Yeah, the way that iTunes, I'm sorry, iPhoto behind the scenes stores and organizes things there is pitiful. It's not. Well, it's set up to work with iPhoto. So there's this area called originals. There's an area called what like edited. And how do I know which of these is like my canonical version? Um, But uh without belaboring this, I, there's an app that I like. You really want to f- like configure this app and understand how this app works. It's not the prettiest thing in the world, but there's an app called Duplicate Annihilator. <laughs> <laughs> and duplicate, uh, now, now, Duplicate Annihilator gives you more than enough rope to hang yourself. You can have it run a pretty basic little algorithm to say, as you say in computing, to, to say, well, go find all of these things that look like duplicates. Now, if you're a real nutcase, you could say you could just hit a button and say, "Go, go find all my duplicates and delete them." But it has a lot more control than that. First of all, you could say, "Add tags to originals and duplicates," right? So that makes it easy for you to go in and, and kind of judge for yourself whether it worked. But it uses again a series of of different uh, you know little magic formulas. If two things have the same name and are from the same date and are, are of an identical size, there's a pretty good chance it's a duplicate. Um, but it's way more complex than that because what if you just dragged a bunch of photos in one day that you didn't realize were in there? You didn't say don't import duplicates. Well, how do you deal with those? And for, for us power users who are not super nerds, there's a pretty good chance that in doing some kind of maintenance in the past, you've probably pulled in a bunch of stuff that was a duplicate and either you or iPhoto didn't realize it. So uh, using a annihil- uh, du- duplicate annihilator, First of all, you can set it to be sort of non-destructive. Like it'll go in and to the best of its ability, find the original and uh, the, the potential duplicates. There's a video on here that shows how it works. Yes. And, and my, my, so then my other piece of advice is go in and carefully read all the settings. You can go in and tell it like what you want it to favor. Like, do you want it to favor this large file over this? I, I hope I'm getting this right. Uh, do you want it to favor this large file over a smaller file? Do you want a more recent file and so on? Or do you want it to use its Disney magic to guess what this stuff is? Last piece of advice on this. Um, it takes a really long time to run. And there is a benefit to only running this once. Mm-hmm. Because when it runs this, if you're using that tag method, it's going to go in and say original duplicate, original duplicate. And if, if you're an idiot like me and you ran it like on five different occasions in part, like if you didn't run it on the entire library, you're going to have, you know, several kinds of tags, uh, originals and duplicates. Like if you've already run it on this one collection of photos and then you run it again, well, it's going to be confused because it's not comparing it to the entire collection. Do you follow me? Yeah. 
it's not it's not testing it against as I say, the entire corpus of data. But if this is something you care a lot about, uh, you could go in and look at it. Again, I would maybe, you could test this, you can run this on your whole library, or you can run it on a selection. As I say, the, the downside of running it on a selection is it's not really telling you where, what all the duplicates are. The downside of running it on the whole library is that it does take a very long time and you know it's still no guarantee that it's perfect. Okay, now let me, you're talking about iPhoto as if this is your, uh, this is your, software of choice to manage all of your photos as opposed to something like Lightroom. Lightroom or Aperture. Right. Is this correct? Yeah. And, and yeah. have you tried I, the other two? Yeah, I, I mentioned that a little earlier. I, but I mean, I love... in, in detail, Oh, why are you not using those? Have you tried them in depth? Because Here's my problem, Merlin. This is what scares me. Mm-hmm. And I need your help with this. I would love to help any way I can, Dan. Uh, over the course of uh, Cash's life, he's five years now, and now we've got him. we've got MJ two. I have taken, I've you know I, I go through lots of computers, so whenever I'm done with a computer, I drag the iPhoto library off of it onto the new computer, and I leave it usually on the desktop for another year or two, and then when I'm going to the next computer, I drag the iPhoto because you can. This is my organization system. Oh, I, I believe me, it's not dissimilar from mine. And then I drag the two from the other computer onto the desktop of the new computer. And of course, they're backed up. This is, you know, I'm not an idiot. But you, now, now you've got these like five, 10, 20 yeah, I now have mul- things. And so, yeah. here's to make all this worse. I've got, before that, in the first two or three years of his life, I was using Lightroom. So I've got the Lightroom file system. I don't even have Lightroom installed anywhere. I have a Lightroom file system of all of these files, which are in the NEF format or something like that. NEF? Yeah. Right. No, I, yeah, they ha- I don't remember the suffix, but it has its own little... Here's what I want to do. And there's lots of duplicates across all this nonsense. I want to just bring it all into, into iPhoto and have it all in iPhoto and make all these problems go away. Is that even possible? Yeah, I think it is. And, and just for what it's worth, that is... From what you've described, that is nearly identical to, to the stuff that I have done. My solution is I'll see something like, I'll see a really useful folder called something like LE videos. Okay, great. And and then I'll drag all, because shoot, I've got stuff from the, um, uh, what was that cool little camera everybody was using for a while? The, um, you know, the one, little cool one with the pop-up yeah. USB, the video camera. Oh, uh, the flip? Um, flip. I've got a bunch of flip videos. I too. I've got videos from different iOS devices. Now, in an ideal world, I would probably just have everything be in Lightroom. But if I did that, then videos wouldn't be in there. Uh, videos are not currently, can't be done in iPhoto. If you do this, this automatic importing, you can do that with Lightroom. But I haven't used Lightroom recently enough to know if it'll pull in photo stream stuff. So if that matters to you, I don't know if that's all coming in automatically. If you want to sync up your phone with iPhoto, I don't think that will work with iTunes. If you want to import, you can import an iPhoto library into Lightroom, but to my knowledge, you cannot um, stand in a standard way do that with Lightroom. Now, with all of these, what one solution is if you're a real whiz bang at the command line, you, there's probably all kinds of magic you can run to find you know duplicates across your entire drive. But you know, the solution that I tried with this was to export everything out of Lightroom, which takes a really long time and a lot of disk space. But now, if I import that into iPhoto, all I have now is a pretty good chance that I've got a lot of duplicates. So I don't have an easy solution for this, but um, I do think there are things out there 
that are <laughs> the equivalent of shareware that will try to do these things for you. Um, the biggest one being that you know, you know you can change you know you can change libraries with op- hitting option on startup. Do you know that? I, so like if you launch, yes, if you of launch, course I knew that. Of course, everyone knows that. <laughs> there are some people who don't know that. If you click on um, iPhoto or Lightroom while holding down the option key, it'll prompt you to select a library. Mm. So if you want different libraries of different things, you can do that. But now what? Now you're into all these different, having all these different libraries around. I don't have an easy solution to this because it all comes back to the same problem, which is even if you get your photos into a place that you trust and they're all big size, correct EXIF data, so on and so forth, there's still no guarantee that just dragging that in will prevent duplicates. And the cost, of course, is now you've got even more space taken up on your drive. So I I wouldn't in a million years begin to suggest an, an easy way to do this. For myself, though, also, also Lightroom, I don't think does face recognition, if that matters to you. But what I would say is, I think this is how this whole journey started for me, was I thought, okay, I'm going to bring everything into iPhoto. That's the best place for me to be using this every day. And my goal at one point was to then bring that iPhoto library into Lightroom at some point. Mm-hmm. So I'm no better off than I, it gets worse every day. So I've got stuff all over the place now. And my, my solution for this is the world's biggest hack, which is every time I encounter things that I know are going to be important, I drag it onto an external drive and then figure I'll deal with it later. But I, I mean, I don't have an answer for this. All I can say is that for the garden variety user, um, something like the duplicate annihilator is a pretty good solution. But I don't know if, if there are things out there that will do this that aren't incredibly Byzantine. Uh, I'd love to hear about it. I, I think the nature of dealing with different libraries in different apps is going to require it to be a little bit Byzantine. And I, I don't think that's necessarily going to get you out of this more basic problem of still having duplicates. So no matter what, you're going to need a duplicate solution. I seem to remember I had a plugin for Lightroom that could find duplicates if memory serves. I don't remember, but yeah, I, I, you know, just for what it's worth, I play with Aperture. I thought I liked it okay, but I love Lightroom. It's so great. And I would use it because when I was doing... DSLR photos, I mean, the editing is so much more sophisticated. The scripting of saying, okay, um, I know that I shot this under pretty dark conditions. I got one of these the way that I want. Now apply that to all these photos. I use that a lot. I would run a really basic thing. Um, There's like a basic thing you can run that when you import these, fix the usual problems of digital photography when you import it. I'm not, I'm not like a professional photographer, but um, I love Lightroom. And there's parts of me that wish I'd stuck with it, but you know, this is how the Apple ecosystem works. If, if you don't want to use Apple's apps in the Apple system, you're going to run into these things, unfortunately. So I, you know, I wish I had an answer for you, Dan. I, I'm kind of in, this, I'm absolutely in the same boat. So that's satisfying, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, what time is it? How are we doing? Can I tell you about something I like? What? What? I, I thought you only had one thing you like. Well, this is another thing, kind of. Okay, tell me about something you like. So, uh, you know, these guys here that in uh, Austin, Texas, their, their company name is Amplifier, not to be confused with Amplify, the show I do with Jim. Uh, they print all of our T-shirts. And as, as oh, you know, as you know, we had some Merlin Man uh, T-shirts. That's fine for Merlin. It has your uh, face. And underneath, that's fine for Merlin. Uh, and we sold through the whole set of pre-orders, but it, it turns out that turns you out. have to over order some in, in order to uh, do, I don't know why, but this is the way it works with printing you over order. Now, some of them, we actually 
didn't uh, order enough or we ordered just the right amount of what was sold and we didn't have any leftovers. But it turned out that we ha- we do have some leftovers of those and we do have some leftovers of those original red 5x5 five five t-shirts. So I reopened the store. I put them up for sale. I, of course, removed... There were a few people who had a problem with an order, so we were straightening this out if we can. Uh, but I removed – there was a certain set that uh, – subset of these shirts that were to go to you that never even made it to you. So you – listeners were not the only ones that had been waiting for shirts and missed out. You even missed out on your own shirt. <laughs> so we're fixing that. Those are all was, pulled aside. It wasn't for me. It was for my for my family. Right. None of them were for you. The, the men's large, of course, are for your daughter. <laughs> Excuse me. No. And uh, anyway, so they're pulled aside, but we have a handful that remain as of as of this moment, as of right now, there are not, to be honest with you, there are not that many left because I opened it quietly on Twitter. Uh, right now, there are 32 of the That's Fine for Merlin shirts left and probably a similar number of the 5x5 ones, but that's at shop.5x5.tv. The, the largest quantity that we have, we have eight girls or women's sorry women's 2xl unbelievable that those didn't sell eight of those left so if you want to get in on this that's the largest quantity the rest we have like three and and one of of some of the other sizes the only size we're sold out of at this moment though is a guy small so if you want a guy's medium on up come and get it shop.5x5.tv in the show notes i'm very pleased thank you dan i'm very pleased that you found those because uh there were even as we beat it to death, talking about the shirts, yeah. um, there were, of course, as I predicted, immediately after we stopped sales of the t-shirt, people were like, why didn't you tell me about the t-shirt? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, and as ever, thank you so much to the people who bought a lot of those shirts um, when we did it. And I'm, uh, I hope you get your, get your chance to, to get in there and get one of these because my furrows are very deep. Actually, you should update it with new furrows. Maybe you can go in there with a Sharpie and kind of re-furrowify me. I well, I'll look into it. You're a busy guy. You're a busy professional. Um, this is running a little long, so let's let's uh, wrap up with a, a couple more um, good ones. Oh, and we got some questions for people. I'm going to burn through really fast too. Oh, okay. There's an. Um, I think syncing contacts is a nightmare right now, and <clears throat> because I use Gmail and Google Calendar as my main, you know, stuff. But I of course have an iPhone where I need to have all my phone stuff and mail stuff correct. I end up needing to share this, these two data sets of like the iCloud contacts and so forth, as well as the Gmail stuff. This has been real hard to do in the past. As I mentioned last week, I use an app called SyncMan on OS X that does a great job of, of getting that right. But I still inevitably end up with a lot of duplicates, sometimes through my own fault and sometimes because of dark matter, I guess. Mm. But uh, there's an app you can get on the Mac App Store called Contact Cleaner. And uh, it's pretty great. It is not perfect, but it is pretty great. And you basically open up Contact Cleaner. It goes through your iOS contacts or address book or whatever you have. And and, uh, does a pretty good job of finding duplicates as well as errors. So it'll do stuff like find duplicate phone numbers, duplicate email addresses. If it finds two people that it's pretty sure are duplicates, it'll say, do you want to merge them? Um, You know, do you want to delete this? What do you want to do? And then you can apply that same thing across all of the ones that had that problem. If you like the phone numbers to be formatted a certain way, like tightly wound people like I do, you can select your preferred format for that and uh, it will fix all of those. It does have trouble with SMS shortcodes. It seems confused about that. And it doesn't like things like, you know, 
you know, a 1-800-AMBULANCE-CHASER or whatever. It, it prefers numbers, but it will help you a lot. If you've got a whole, whole, whole big bunch of just duplicate contacts, you don't know why. As I mentioned before, at one point, my wife had 14 of every contact on her phone. This, this is a real <laughs> it lifesaver. Says, it says it's four ninety nine in, in, in the app store. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. Contact yep, cleaner by spanning with, sink ink. Is it yellow with moisture on it? Moist. It's a very moist uh, ad symbol. Mm, moist at. Uh, <laughs> it's a comic show. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> got it. You know what? Okay. Um, <laughs> I love this thing, and uh, it, it has helped me an awful lot. It can also, I believe, it can also back it up before it makes the change. But uh, if you're having those troubles, like a lot of folks are, do it. It's, it's again, this when you describe it in, in this calm environment like this, it sounds like, oh, God, well, big deal. You got extras. But it drives you nuts to have to go through and merge and fix names into companies and companies into names. It's still bananas to me that there's not a semantic understanding of who is part of what company. Something that now Contact did in 1994. It's nuts to me that that doesn't work. Lots of room for improvement in this space. And, and of course, bad on me for trying to make a Google thing and an Apple thing work together. It seems like because they're computers and have data, they should be able to figure that out, but I guess they're locked in a heated battle that I could care less about. And therefore, you know, I have Jason Santa, 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 Santa Maria. Mm. I, I blame Jason. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does cleaner. not know his way around Portland at all. Just I, FYI, have I don't him, walk Have you ever him. seen how handsome that guy is? Oh, he's very handsome, but he's lost. He's totally clueless as far as what road to take. He's got a smile that could melt Galactus. Wow. Delicious. I want to have it as a, as a topping on my ice cream, that's, that smile. Cookie puss. Questions from people. I covered a lot of these, I think. Kenneth Martin, um, about your workflow with importing pictures and videos. Yes. Uh, like I say, syncing with iPhone, phone view, cam- camera sync, I think it's pretty great. And again, I, I, know, I know you and Matt have had your differences in the past. but It uh, comes start, down to a cable. I know, that one firewire cable. And he knows, he knows why. He knows why. Oh, he knows why. He knows. So what go he check did. out check out Clipstart. I said that. He right. knows how to fix it too. I'm, that will not be in the show notes. You have to Dan, find it yourself. Dan, is it a complicated problem to solve? Is it a complicated problem? Does he just return it? Is that what it, what he does? No, he just yeah. He just is that what he need to do to make this right? Will, do, will that? Well, I'll add. Hold on, I'm making a note to put this in the in the after dark too. Okay. All right. Man, I like that guy. Okay. I don't usually like people with beards, but 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 I like I like men. Uh, let's see, uh, Dan Sturm, my good friend, Dan Sturm, um, Strom, Strom Thurm? No, Sturm, like, uh, Sturm and Drang. Oh. That would be funny if he and Dr. Drang got together. Sturm and Drang. Oh, Drang uh, is going to be on the frequency tomorrow. Dr. Drang? Yeah. Huh. I love that guy. He's very, it's the six Drang, fingers Drang. still is weird, but. Talk, talk real, real loudly because, you know, he's had a lot of hearing loss. Mm, okay. <laughs> Pills that still makes me laugh. Dan Storm says, "How about ladies hosting and sharing of files? Maybe some Dropbox tips too. This is a big, big area. Um, I still have this Libsyn account that I pay way too much for, way, way, way too much for, and it makes me angry. And they've made it very hard to use and transition away from guys." Um, but, uh, what I do is for, for large video things, I will put that on Libsyn as I will things like podcasts. Um, knock on wood, I have never to my knowledge, gotten pinged by Dropbox for getting too many downloads of something. Right. I'm kind of amazed that that's never happened. Maybe your grandfather, Nan. I could be grandfathered. I'd be def- it's definitely my age. Uh, <laughs> but to be honest, what I do for media, for non-text media, 
uh, largely involves Dropbox. So if I've got an MP3 I want to share with people, whether that's through embedding or through a link, um, I have a folder I drop that in, like public slash MP3, and I just I just put it in there. And then in the Finder, I right click to get the public link for that. It it uploads in the fullness of time, and uh, lots of people know that one. That's pretty easy. There are some solutions out there uh, for doing an HTML5 embed for videos. Uh, like so many things, it doesn't work well with Tumblr, but it, it works okay for doing embeds. Um, trying to think of some other similar ones. One thing I really, I think is really neat and that I really am, am very intrigued with is uh, something called TextDrop. Um, I get, it might be TextDrop app. I think I put it in notes already. But uh, TextDrop is a web-based... So imagine NVALT or, you know, notational velocity. Imagine a web-based version of NVALT. So you go in, you enter your creds, and down the left side are all of your text files. And then there's a big area on the right for where you do your typing. And uh, a lot of people really, really like this more than other editors, especially on an iPad. It's great, and it's pretty responsive. It, it does Markdown, does it all. It also does one thing that I would love to see all of my favorite text editors use, which it has two little buttons, one called Share, one called Publish. And so you can go in and type whatever you want, make a big markdown document, click on share, and it generates a Dropbox URL that you can send to your pal from right inside that oh, that's cool, cool. editor. Also, there's one called publish. And so you do up your markdown, you hit publish, it thinks for a minute, and then it pushes a version of that out into your public Dropbox folder that you can uh, send to people. And then when you look at it, it's an HTML page. It's terrific. So again, now, I mean, the workflow there, you could do everything you want to on the desktop if you choose to. You could do it in uh, Nebulous Notes, Notesy, any of those, any of those that work with Dropbox. But then just, you know, pop for now, pop into the web view to be able to share that. Um, there's lots of ways to share links, but it seems like something that would be really handy to have in a lot more documents um, and a lot more, I'm sorry, apps. So like, like I've said before, like with Drafts, that wonderful Drafts app for iOS, I, I compose so much stuff in there and then send it to, through email and things like that. Um, that's one way to do that. There are probably other ways, but that's, that's text drop is the one with the least friction I know of. Um, oh, one last thing for images, Dropbox slash public slash, I have just a folder called I, which I use for images. This is an old thing I got from Zeldman back in the day. Yeah. When you, yeah he would have the one letter. That's right. <laughs> do you remember that? And so I, I still follow that for the rare times I do anything with the web. And so I just have a folder called I, and anytime I want to just drag something in there, I'll drag it in there. I have a folder for back to work in there. I have a folder for erotic on the line. And then I sometimes I'll break it up by episode. And um, if I drop stuff in there, like if you ever notice in the show notes when I put in those in, those uh, annoying pictures of comics and stuff, that's just hosted on Dropbox. And I edit the markdown to HTML stuff. I do all in uh, notational velocity and then just paste that right into our CMS uh, for 5 by 5 your CMS. Mm -hmm. And it works great. Um, did that make any sense? I, I, yeah. So let me explain. I keep... I keep that images folder in my dock. And so anytime I want to move something there, I just drag it in or copy it in. Um, did you know that you can cut and paste on Mountain Lion now in the Finder? We've, so really? here's the thing. In Mountain Lion, well, this is a neat trick. So the simplest one is in Mountain Lion. In Mountain Lion, you can select a, a, a file and hit Command-X, go somewhere else and hit Command-V, and it does indeed paste it like Windows style. If you're not on, if you're like me and stuck on Lion, you can do something similar by saying, I think command C or command X and then option command V. Oh, right. I'll paste it there. Isn't that like an old school windows thing that mm. you just could do on a Mac? Before? Yeah, I think so. Cause if you do an option drag, I mean, 
I, I do the three finger mm, three finger gesture with my little pad. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But still, I'll sometimes <laughs> drop it in the wrong place. <laughs> you ever do, you ever do a three finger drag <laughs> on your on your little pad? That's a pro tip. I didn't even try that until I was a sophomore in college. <laughs> and then you can uh, expose all with uh, with uh, pinching with five fingers. Okay, I'll look into this. I'll try this. Expose the desktop if you know what I mean. Oh yeah. A little bit of Heineken and a short gesture. So that's good. Uh, a couple more quick questions. Uh, let's see who else is here. Uh, William Laughlin asked a question that we kind of addressed once more, but I want to, I don't know if I'm breaking terms of service on this, but I'll share it anyway. William Laughlin asks, any tips for sharing iTunes match in a family that has separate Apple IDs? Yes. I do not know if this is legal. I don't know if this breaks the, the TOS. We have one, I bought so much stuff over the years on this one Apple ID. Um, and so what we do is, you know, I, if you, you probably noticed that you have to enter an Apple ID for your Apple TV, you enter an Apple, or you know, I guess that's what it's called, right? An Apple ID. You enter one for music, you enter one for photos and so forth and so forth, books. Um, luckily, you can have different Apple IDs and then still have your unique, this equals you Apple ID for mail and calendars and stuff. So basically, we have this one Apple ID that we use for all of our media purchasing. And, uh, you know, the only downside right now is my wife needs to know my bananas password to buy stuff, but um, all the apps can update. You can get the books, you get the music. If you use that one Apple ID for everybody who needs to use those 10 devices, you'll be able to share all that media and you'll even have your own iTunes match and stuff. Have you done that? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I've seen other people who do this uh, as well. And this is, you know, it's weird because I wanted to play by the rules. Uh, and you know, my I wife played has, by the rules by buying a lot of stuff. How's that for? Yeah, <laughs> my wife has had her own username and account and things like that. And then I was like, well, I just she wants like a weather app. Why doesn't she just use the one you know that I have? So eventually, I did switch over to this system, which I hope Apple never makes us not do anymore. But like all of the devices that we have are basically on that one account. When yeah. you turn on the auto updating thing. Uh, then they'll automatically get it. So like for my, I've got an iPad third generation retina. I've got the iPad mini and I've got my, uh, my iPhone five. I don't even, and here's the thing, you know what really bugs me? Mm. It really bugs me when I'm on the phone and I want to, I want to install an app. I know it has to ask me that password every time. You know how you can get around that? You turn auto updating on, on the device and then you just buy it in the iTunes store and on, on it, the Mac. On the Mac. That's what I do. And then it'll just, boom, it's just on your device moments later. But it still pings me for the password to buy stuff from the Mac App Store yes, on OS it does. It does. It does. Yeah, it's weird. Again, they're really good at latching the screen door. It's, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we got to really pick this up and get out of here. But I got, there's so many good things here that well, I Well, we get an may... after dark to do. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I mean, I got to tell you about those two things. Okay. Um, somebody just, uh, who is this on the Twitter? I love his icon. He's so cute. This is Jonathan Jonathan F-R-E-I. Free. Jonathan Fry. Jonathan Free. How do you manage large and growing collections of digital comics? Um, for digital comics, uh, like CBRs and CBZs, whatever those are, mm-hmm. what? what's your solution? What? Is that weird? Oh, I use, I use Comic Book Lover. Yeah. It's, which is... Uh, it's like it's like it's the only thing with though. an icon. It's the only yeah. thing. Yeah, but it's 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 a little no offense, but it's not I've looked at a lot of these. For digital. For digital. If you got CBRs and CBCs, whatever those are, this is a way to do that. It's it's not fantastic. 
Um, but it works okay. Uh, that's for CBRs and CBZs. For keeping track of your issues, there's only one thing. Oh, com- yeah. Comic Collector, comic which Dan collector. and I use. I love it. You basically, the, my workflow for that is every time I get a new comic, I just scan the ISBN. Boom. Is it is this the HC or the uh, TP? Click that. It goes into here. And you can put in your own custom artwork um, and stuff like that. But it works pretty great. I, I do have to go in and periodically fill in information. It misses a series group or something like that. Uh, which shouldn't matter to me. It's got cover flow. It's in show notes, though. You can, you know, sometimes you have multiple copies of something in different conditions. It knows how to do that. You I, can, you know, I do, and I should fix that. Yeah, I accidentally buy uh, two copies of uh, of New Avengers sometimes. I don't huh, know why. Huh, 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 huh. Illuminati. Look it up. And so, um, <laughs> it's browsable. And it's on the uh, internet. I want to put my ridiculous. Did you ever make yours public? I, what I need to do is I need to get it on, install it on the new Mac and then I can, cause the database is there in my Dropbox. I just need to have the application installed again. I've, as I said, I've fallen out, I've fallen behind on all this fallen stuff. Fallen behind. All right. I'm putting mine in. Do it. Look at that. Immortal Iron Fist. Masterwork 7. Do Moon it. Knight. Moon Knight Volume 2. Bendis and Maleev. Boom. Brian Michael. Brian Michael Bendis. And you can even go in and see my, uh, custom covers. I'm going to talk about that someday. I, I need to see if I'm allowed to talk about that. Um, yeah, so collectors. And, uh, and you know, um, I use Comixology to read all of my Comixology comics. But uh, I don't know of a way. It, all their stuff lives in this weird Flash application because, you know, the comic publishers don't want you to have any fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's what I use for that. Uh, we need a big, uh, big banger, big dinger to, to end this. Um, was there anything else in these that I really like? Other questions, sharing iTunes match, other media and photo libraries. Um, I read a thing from, I want to say Gabe on Mac Drifter about, um, how he's moving from a Drobo to an NAS. I'll try and find that and put it in notes. This is like his latest post on Mac Drifter, but, um, it's, I'll just say as a, as a swan song to all of this, that I'm going to end where I started, which is backing up. And I am trying so hard, I'm ready to get back into being good at this again. Because there was a time when I was really, really good at this. I'm going to look at Backblaze again. Um, I'm going to get my time machine set up for all my Macs, where I currently have it set up for a couple right now. But uh, it's crazy. I went to Amazon, and what am I getting? I am getting, arriving in my locker today, Seagate ST2000DM Barracuda 7200 RPM Seagate Barracuda. And I, I think it was like 100 or 120 bucks or something, maybe For less. For a two, two terabyte or one terabyte? Let me go look at the price. It was $100.95 for a two terabyte, six gig per second, 7,200 RPM drive. Nice. Yeah. And I, you know, I went into Solver and did some quick calculations. And the price break, you know, it used to be the price break was at one terabyte. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you did the per megabyte calculation, it used to be one. I think the break is at two terabytes now. So like if you get a three terabyte, in this case, it was like something like 85 cents a megabyte. Anyway, the point is it was like 85 versus 80 cents or something. You can go do your own math on this. But I would say go out and, you know, if this stuff matters, if this stuff doesn't matter to you, don't spend the money and you don't need any of this. But if it does matter to you, go out and buy four or five hard drives. Oh my gosh, that seems so extravagant. You need a backup and you need a backup of the backup. You need offsite rotation. If you're going to get good at this stuff and try to deal with this much data, you're going to be more confident and I'm going to be less frantic knowing you're doing this if you're also backing up. And, 
you know, if you want to get one terabytes, I think they're like I, I the last time I bought some of those um Seagate green guys, I think they were like seventy bucks for a one terabyte drive. Yeah, I'm looking right now. The Seagate Barracuda that you got is uh the two terabyte as a hundred and one dollars and twelve cents. And oh yeah, look at that one up. <laughs> and uh, notes. Yeah. And I am oh, you already put it in the notes? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because what I was going to tell you about is the caviar black. And those are the nice ones. Now, these are not like NAS quality right. The caviar He's, black is. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah. And Gabe's thing, he did some research and found, that might have been what he came up with too. You like uh, that Seagate though, right? Yeah. It's, it's, well, no, I'm sorry. It's a, a Western Digital. Western Digital? It's Western uh, Digital caviar black, one terabyte. This is the one that was recommended. Talk me out of being nervous about Western Digital. No, I can't. But uh, I've, I've had, I, I know these are all basically identical. They're all bad. All the ones that I've had the trouble with, at least in my heuristic, tend to be Western Digital. No offense. No, I, I've had trouble with them also, but the reason that I go with them is because Dave Manian Sung, uh, the maker of uh, Super Duper, mm. recommended and still recommends this drive to me specifically for using in a RAID-type device such as a Drobo or a Synology NAS, which this guy uh, over at MacDrifter likes and and by the way is probably what i'm going to be buying also it's like a grand but how many drives does it hold it's it's bananas how many drives it holds uh it's like like eight seven, nine five, eight it's <laughs> you know but if again if you're going to get serious about this stuff and at some point you got to get serious you can wait eight. a few years for the price to come down i'm not going to spend a thousand bucks on that i've got two drobos i can live with mm-hmm. but um but yeah uh so that's this is the drive that he recommends because he cites it as in his tests and everything else as having the one with the least failure rate so well, it, but, I, but but you you paid a hundred bucks for a two terabyte drive this is a hundred bucks for a one terabyte drive it's the well caviar, yeah that so. that's gonna it's gotta, it's gotta have the striping and whatnot I don't know if you know a lot about uh raid zero raid Stripe one raid it five. Up. You got to get in there and uh get the connectors right mm-hmm. you want to make sure the platter spin mm-hmm. is uh set to okay. Spin yeah. down's got to be 8.2. Well, at least. But do back up. Get ready for the future, guys, because if you've got stuff, SSD things out there, you need to be backing these things up. And there's not going to be a day where you're going to need less of this space. So, you know, maybe just dip a toe in and buy a couple one terabyte drives and maybe one of those toasters we talked about. But it's not going to hurt you to get more into this habit. It is a little like brushing your teeth where it's, it's hard to just, you know, have a rotten mouth and then jump into, you know, buying five toothbrushes. I think I need to eat. You want to button this up? All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man.